The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode is dedicated to Calvin Crippen. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king King. God made me punch in accurate numbers My castle won't crumble What I tackle will fumble I've been a leader when they ain't see it But now my feet up up. According to me royalty didn't end with king touch Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs Big says sky is the limit I look down on the ledge I push the bar like I'm opening a cell Hands in my cookie jar You won't come out with a single nail I need all of mine The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked I make all my moves on the board I invented my steps uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler I feel like Mansa Musa. Musa Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda Triangle, look at it from my angle I'm a king, the closest things are being one of God's angels yeah. I'm a king Heavy is the head that wears the crown I put in extra work that just can't be found I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host Jay Spence the King And I am excited about tonight's episode It's my second one back since I've been back from my break And I feel like I kind of got my thing back I feel like I kind of got my my wind up under me now And I can kind of get back into the scheme of things I got a friend joining me tonight. What I want to try to do this season or this off season, I want to try to actually try to, instead of just, I'm, I'm still getting good interviews. I got some good people coming. I got Zach Moss coming. Got a couple other things lined up this summer, but I also want to take the, the time to get people involved who typically, you know, we don't hear from. We, I feel like we have like a, a tight knit social media content creation group, you know, like, so Buffalo rumblings, Buffalo Fanatics, Cover One, Built in Buffalo. Um, I'm going to forget somebody, so I never should call names off because I know somebody's going to be like, you forgot me. And it's no no diss. Please charge it to my mind and not my heart. Cold Front Report and and a few others. There, there's, there's quite a few. Um, but I feel like there's also guys who aren't necessarily affiliated with groups or affiliated with networks. And I kind of want to give some people some opportunity to um, to talk to the people that I talk to and look at this family every week. So I got my, my, my man, Rob Crippen joining me today. Um, he's, he's somebody who you'll understand why I brought him on when I bring him on. 
But before I bring him in, because he's already waiting patiently, so I'm not going to do too too long of a little uh, discussion here prior to bringing him in. But I did want to talk about a couple things. So some good things happening since last week. Last Tuesday when I went live, um, I was telling everybody how like y'all like on on social media, like especially Twitter, people were really getting under my skin talking about how Stefan Diggs um, was inching back into this diva status and how he was sending these cryptic messages on Twitter talking about how he's going to leave and he's requesting a trade to, I think it was Carolina where they don't even know who's going to be quarterback. Is it going to be Sam Darnold? Is it going to be Baker? Is it going to be Cam Newton? Who knows? Why would he want to go there? I don't know. Y'all don't know. Whoever said it, y'all don't know. So we're just going to leave it at that. My man signed his extension, right? So we got Josh Allen and his favorite target locked in. I think that that's reason to celebrate. I think that's one of those things where you have to take a step back sometimes and just and just appreciate Brandon Bean. We got to appreciate who Brandon Bean is because um, we give him some rough times at for moments, certain moments. For instance, uh, we just re-signed Bobby Hart, boo. You know what I mean? I, I ain't going to say that loud, but I'm going to say it again. Boo. We just signed Bobby Hart. But I don't want to disrespect any NFL player by calling him a camp body. But with the depth that we have now that you're bringing over an all-pro caliber, a Pro Bowl caliber left guard, and, you know, we we brought back. I feel like the offensive line is set to the point where they may still look for depth in, in the draft, but I'm not sure if I feel like Bobby Hart is really going to be sticking around or really sticking on this roster. So I'm not too upset about it. But we got to we really got to give Brandon Bean some type of credit here. And I know somebody like me, we typically do. I, I tell Brandon Bean on every chance I get, I love you, Brandon Bean. You're the greatest GM in the league, at least that I have had. Um, my entire adult life, we've had um, situations in Buffalo where, A, we had to overpay players to come to my city to play football. We had to trade for guys who weren't LaShawn McCoy. He wasn't happy at the, you know, when the trade happened, he wasn't like, Yes, Buffalo. The dude was like, nah, I don't know how this is going to work. Then they had to restructure his contract, give him an extension and pay him a little bit extra for him to to be all in. And now he's retired. He's on Good Morning Football talking about how much Buffalo is it and how much we he uses that that word we a lot. So there's still some ownership. Once you come to Buffalo, guys end up loving it. But prior to Brandon Mean getting here, we had to pay them <laughs> to want to come. And we're still paying guys. I get it. Von Miller. That contract is is uh is thick <laughs> in a right way. It's real thick, right? And then we got obviously Josh Allen didn't necessarily take a discount to uh get his extension and and so forth, you know, just so on. But the way Brandon Bean has been able to keep the core players together and add talent to continue to compete year after year, I'ma just tell y'all, we gotta give Brandon Bean some credit. We gotta give him some credit. Brandon Bean is doing the damn thing and there's only two things right now that I'm hoping that he can do. And one is obviously uh, get my dog extended. We need Jordan Poyer to be extended. Last year was all pro or Jordan Poyer for all pro. We riot. this year is going to be extend my man or we riot. It's going to happen. Need my man extended. Secondly, I need him to do some things with this jersey I got on. Not necessarily this physical jersey, but for those listening to this in podcast form and not watching on YouTube right now, I need Stefan Gilmore to be back in the building. I need him to be back on one Bills drive. I need him to line up opposite side Trey when Trey is healthy. Shout out to my homegirl, Kristen, in the building. She said, it's been a minute. New backdrop. I'm trying to step up my game, K-Gun. Trying to get like you. You out here doing it. K-Gun, we, we got to get the chop up back soon because K-Gun been doing some stuff. 
And I need y'all to know what the Bills Mafia babes, K-Gun, Angelina White, I need y'all to know what they've been up to because they got some stuff happening. They got some new gear out. I got to get the color. I got to get up on my color game. I'm sorry, Kristen. I only got the black one. I'm going I'm to I'm get it going. I'm going to get it going. Last thing I want to talk about before I bring my guests in, I really, really, really got to address something. We've been talking about some stuff on, on Twitter in spaces and all this other stuff. I'm going to just tell y'all, y'all crazy. I'm going to start it like that before I even tell you what was said. Y'all crazy if y'all think I'm going to accept slander about my quarterback not being a top quarterback in this league. Top one, depends on who you want to argue with. Top two, I'm not going no lower than three, though. And I'm going to just tell you why. Tom Brady is always going to be respected. Aaron Rodgers is always going to be respected. I already know where we are at with the guy in KC. I know how that guy is a problem. I'm going to tell you why I'm not going to go no lower than three, because that means one of those guys are going to be disrespected and one of those guys are going to be at four. This is, this is how I feel. I feel like at this point, judging off of last season, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, at this point, I'm giving them a wash. I'm basically saying, I'm not saying they're the same quarterback, but to me, they're on the same level. And what we saw in the divisional round of the playoffs was two quarterbacks at the top of their game that it didn't matter what defense was out there. Because I feel like, and I know some some of Bill's Mafia got got some issues when it comes to the defense of last year. I've been hearing, hey, the numbers are inflated because we played against bad quarterbacks. So really, it wasn't a true number one defense. Miss me, right? But I would listen to that argument. I would listen to the argument. Second argument that make, people make is, well, he had to get Stefan Diggs, and he, he once he got Diggs, then it was – miss me with that one too because I'm going to tell you what. Every wide receiver with the exception of Kelvin – Kelvin Benjamin – with the exception of Kelvin Benjamin has had a career year with Josh. Don't believe me? Go back and look at his receivers from year one to year two to year – look at them and look at what they did prior to Josh Allen. All of them had a career year with Josh Allen. The debate – ended up taking a turn because what people were trying to say is that Lamar Jackson doesn't get enough credit and he's actually better than Josh Allen. This is the part where I'm telling you y'all crazy. If y'all go disrespect my quarterback and this is no diss to Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal talent coming out of the draft. I wanted Lamar Jackson. I got receipts to prove it. So this is not me hating on Lamar. I wanted Lamar because I thought, okay, we got Tyrod. He's a little mobile here. Um, you get a guy like Lamar Jackson, plug him in there, the offense is going to look that much better. Now we see same offense out there with the Ravens. It looks better, and we would have been happy. I don't think we would have been as happy with Lamar Jackson as we are with, with Josh Allen. Why? He has an MVP, Spence. How can you say something like that? I'm going to tell you why. Because right now, without an MVP award, I truly believe that the fans of Buffalo right now have a feeling and they have hope and they have faith in something that's going to be obtained sooner than the fans of the Ravens have it. And I know it might be dumb to base an argument just, just off emotion, but there's a reason why the fans in Buffalo should feel excited about looking at what Josh Allen does and how he's performing. There's a reason why it's different from when you watch Lamar Jackson shake 11 guys on defense, when he runs through the defense, like, you know, like, Isaiah McKenzie with the kids. I know y'all saw that on social media where he was playing flag football with these kids. That's how Lamar Jackson makes these grown men in the NFL look week after week. But guess what? Josh Allen does too. And I'm not sure why people don't want to give Josh the credit of being a mobile 
quarterback. In Buffalo, we give him that credit. In Buffalo, it's like, oh, he's a weapon with his feet. He's a weapon with his legs. But a lot of times, when you look at these comparisons, it's always passing yards, and they talk about how Josh was inaccurate early on, and he turns the ball over. But they never factor in that he also has X amount of rushing yards, X amount of touchdowns on the ground. Josh Allen, as a complete player, is one of the best players in the NFL. This year, I think on the top 100 list, he has to be no lower than five. No lower than five. If he's lower than five, and, and the only reason why I'm going to say five there is because you obviously have to give it to the MVP. Aaron Rodgers is going to be up there. You obviously, Aaron Donald's going to be up there. You know what I mean? You know that you know the league is still in love with Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be up there. And I just find it hard to believe that Tom Brady coming out of retirement won't be four. So I just feel like from, from that conversation alone, Josh will be five. Who are we putting over? Lamar, are we going to really put Lamar Jackson? Are we really going to put Justin Herbert or, with all due respect, Joe Burrow? I get it. He just went to the Super Bowl. Do we think that the way that the Cincinnati Bengals won is sustainable? I'm talking too long. Let me bring my guests in, and, and we can start there. We're going to start there, and then we're going to get into this whole talk about Coach McDermott, whether or not he's a top five, top ten coach in the league. We're going to talk about if 13 seconds puts him on a hot seat. I got my brother, got my friend, Mr. Rob Crippen joining me. What up, Rob? What's good, Jay? How you doing, King? Man, I'm so sorry. I went over. I, I told you before. I'm like, I'll talk <laughs> like good, two, man. three minutes. I just, I, my neck is getting hurt. I was shaking my head so, <laughs> so many times <laughs> in the grants and, and shaking my head. No one, Lamar. I mean, that was, that was beautiful, man. That was well, beautiful. I, I appreciate it. I just get carried away. Like when I start talking, I'd be like, I'm there. No, but, man, preach, so, man. You better preach before we, because I do want to take a moment to introduce you, let everybody know where you are, like what what type of, you know, where your podcast can be found and anything you got going on. But before we get there, I was talking a little bit about just now about, you know, Lamar Jackson or just where Josh Allen falls in the grand scheme of things, because people don't want to give him certain types of credit. Where where do you look at Josh Allen as a talent in the NFL amongst other quarterbacks? Like, where would you rate him? Josh Allen is is to me, he's the best quarterback in the league. Now, I know I'm a little bit biased, but that game against Kansas City in the divisional round last year did change my opinion of him. Um, when he got the bag before the season started, I was one of the proponents that would have said that it was okay to wait for him for about another year or so. After last season, he, he he's converted me. I'm, I'm all the way in. Um, he's the best quarterback in the league. You can put him right up there with Mahomes. You can put him right up there with Rodgers. You can put him right up there with Brady. Um, it's It's... It, there's no difference. I'm trying to tell you what you talked about with his running ability makes him and what separates him. No quarterback can go through a linebacker, go over defensive backs and, and throw the ball the way Josh does. He's a complete package period. And that's the thing, like, um, you know, it's his rookie year and maybe his second year as well. We can look at plays where he may not have been the most accurate guy, you know, like, and I, and I get that mm -hmm. there were moments where he was, you know, um, just trying to force things and it just wasn't the right call. So I get that too. Mm -hmm. But, but one of the things that I think that Josh Allen has that others just don't seem to have, and, and I, I can't even say don't seem to have it because they have it, but in different ways, he just has, he has an it factor that it comes down to when it's time to make a play. You just he's feel confident that he's going to make it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know? I mean, think about the, think about the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys, that fourth down play with the fumble. I mean, Josh was not going to be stopped. He was just going to be willed to get that first down. Like um, certain situations last year, um, think about the Patriots game 
where that fourth down play he's scrambling, he's running around in Foxport like we needed him. When we needed him, he was there every single time. And obviously the division round game as well. Like every single time he needs to be money, he's on the stage. He's ready to go. I think his last bag, uh, what that Kyle Brandt talks about, that sugar high Josh game was probably that Houston game. That's the last time we've seen that type of play from him. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out again. Shout out to K Gun. She says it's been a dope journey watching him move from sugar high Josh to cool, all collected in control, Josh. And and I Absolutely. wanted to bring this point up because it, one of the things that that really impressed me was like the last four or five games that we've seen from Josh Allen. So like the end of the season going into the, the playoffs, the playoffs, especially there's no bigger stage unless you get to the Super Bowl. There's no bigger stage to do what Josh Allen did and against the Patriots against somebody who is basically universally looked at as the greatest coach of all time, Mm -hmm. best defensive mind of all time, Mm -hmm. no punts. So the offense was perfect against the greatest defensive mind in the history of football, Bill Belichick, no punts in the playoffs. Perfection in the park. I called it (laughs) perfection in the park. And so, so when you look at that, I feel like, and this is kind of what I was alluding to when I said the Lamar Jackson fans have a reason to be excited about Lamar Jackson. He's that dude. But I feel like we just watch Josh Allen kind of boss up or level up in front of our eyes. And I don't think he's going to go back. Like, you know, I'm not saying he's going to give us a, a perfect offensive game every single week for 17 weeks in the regular season. Guys have no bad games perfect. or make yeah, bad no throws. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, I'm, I don't want my fandom to go too far here. But in reality, what I saw from Josh, and I went back yesterday on purpose to watch the game against the Chiefs. I rewatched mm-hmm. the game against the Patriots, and I rewatched. So, literally, the last five games that we saw from Josh Allen, I went back to watch. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's he's locked in in a whole <laughs> different way. Mm-hmm. He's on the mo- he's on the money. Listen, he was so locked in that Patriots game. I called the perfection in the park because I really couldn't even believe what I was seeing, Spence. Like. The way that the game unfolded, I felt like I was in some type of Bill's euphoric movie. Like I had no idea what was going on. Um, Every single drive landed the exact same way it was supposed to land. Like every single play went the exact same way it was supposed to go. Like everything that Dable was drawing up, Josh was executing, literally being the quarterback on the field. And he's not only locked in, not only does he not going back, I feel like we've got Super Bowls. Uh, to to come you know to come in the future I feel like there's a way for us to get to the title um, I don't know when it's going to happen I'm not as optimistic as you are I know you talked about being in Super Bowls three out of five years in the future I don't know about that the NFL is hard with the competition I but said I think that can get us one <laughs> I didn't I didn't say that what did I say that I said I said out of the next five years we're we're going to get one I don't know about three out of five I think no, and, no, and not three out of five Super Bowls, but be in, but be, but be in. That oh, position. okay. I just wanted to make sure because yeah, I'm like, wait, hard. I'm that's like, hard. whoa. Three out of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, three out of five Super Bowl appearances is hard. That's that's tough, but I think we can get a Super Bowl for sure with Josh. Absolutely, I do, I do too. Especially, um, like I said, the Bills are all in now. Brandon Bean, we got uh, Von Miller. We're um, we're actively recruiting guys like Stephon Gilmore to come back to the team, come back home, Steph. Come on, Rock come on, Gilly Lock. Rock let's Hill. get this. Rock Hill stand come up. On. That's right. I even, I even got you on my other screen. Just come on back, man. Just come on back. You and Trey, you and Trey, you and Trigger Trey, the Gilly Lock and the Trigger Trey Lock. Yo, come on, man. We got that's the a, best that's a goalie. Combo. Come on. That's the best combo. That's the best combo in the league. That'll be locking down. Let's do it. Sending the ECMC. 
anyway. Okay. So let's get into the reason why I got you here, man. I want to, like I said, I want to um, start using my platform um, throughout the off season to make sure that people who aren't necessarily part of the regular little bubble community that a lot of us are a part of, I want to make sure I'm starting to bring people into that community and, and vice versa. So um, let's, let's talk a little bit about first, your name is Rob Crippen. You have a show. You are the host of the Nickel City Crew podcast. Let's talk a little bit about it. Um, when did you start it? What made you start it? And, and um, you know, when did you fall in love with the Bills? Why are, they, why are the Buffalo Bills your team? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on again, King. Um, I've been a Buffalo Bills fan my entire life. I started the Nickel City Crew podcast on January 13th, and it was right a week before that divisional round game that we were talking about, the uh, perfection in the park, um, the wildcard round, excuse me. Um, I really, the reason I started the podcast was, it was funny because it was around Christmas time and it was kind of that Kevin McAllister thing. He was under the bed at one point in home alone and he was scared and he was nervous. And eventually he said enough is enough. Um, he was going to get out of the bed and he was done being scared. And that was really the reason I started the podcast. I've always loved the bills. Um, I've always had a passion for them. I've had season tickets since 2009, uh, I've been in Charlotte since 2006, and I've decided to be like Kevin, get out of under the bed, stop being scared, and start mm -hmm. putting one foot in front of the other. And once I started doing that, um, as you know, you know some personal things are going on with me, things just started to open up for me, you know, to be honest. Um, ever since I stopped being scared and being in a standstill, everything has started to open up for me in my life. So I really appreciate the opportunity to come on because I've always wanted to be in broadcasting. I love the bills. I have a passion for it. And regardless of making money off of it or anything like that, that has nothing to do with why I'm here. I'm here because I love the Buffalo Bills and I want to communicate with people. Um, I want to, you know, I want to I want to talk to people. Just to be honest with you, I'm a communicator. My mother's a communicator. That's where I get my gift to gab. And um, and that's why I'm here, to be honest with you, is that I wanted to talk about the Bills. I moved down to Charlotte in 2006 and by 09, I was like. Pookie in New Jack City King. I mean, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't get enough. I was, I had to get back to my bills some type of way. I missed them so much. And it was funny because I had the game on earlier, the Sabres game, and they were talking about how Owen Powers get making the Sabres debut tonight. And WGR all morning was talking about different debuts for Sabres and Bills players. And I'll never forget TO's debut, 2009, because that was the year that I started my season tickets. And that was a dope year, if you remember. That's the 50th anniversary year. So mm -hmm. you go on buffalobills.com and it's got all the greatest players at every position and they're lined up and you can vote and, and cast your votes on who's the greatest quarterback and running back and all the other stuff. And it was just awesome. And I got season tickets 09. I drive 650 miles from Charlotte on a Friday and I drive back 650 miles back to Charlotte uh, on a Monday. I drive up to Buff every week for the Bills. Every I can't week. be mad at you, bro. When I, so, <laughs> so in 2012... Uh, or was it 11 2012 I moved to Indianapolis and I lived there for about five and a half years I got season tickets as well and um That's what's up. I, I would drive back and forth from Indianapolis to Buffalo because That's what's up. It, well okay I, let me be honest <laughs> <laughs> they fooled me they got me with okay rest. they damn sure got oh, me with yeah, rest. yeah yeah because yeah now as much as I know we we don't we don't like um we don't speak positively on the experience of the Rex Ryan when it comes to coaching in Buffalo but when they hired him the hype was there man we had like we just came off I had him like, framed <laughs> I had the sports illustrator framed in my office man, dude and we <laughs> I had, was on it <laughs> we had I think we came off what was it the fourth ranked defense that year we mm -hmm. had um yep. It was it was just incredible. And and then we're like, OK, Rex is going to come through. He's going to take the mm -hmm. defense even higher. We're going to dominate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm missing 
the mm-hmm. season that we going to do it. So I got season That's tickets dope. and I, bro, I regret it. Like, <laughs> let me just tell you, man, Rex Ryan, he ruined my life. And I, I, I so every opportunity I get to give Rex, like take one of those shots at Rex, I do like, cause yeah. it's like Rex, man, what do you, you ruined my squad. I yeah, felt like we the- were so close. We were so mm-hmm. close. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rex, I, it's it's funny that you talk about that season because I remember that season for sure because I had put him on the Sports Illustrated with, with Thurman and, and, you know what I mean, he's on third with Jim and, and where that, uh, the big tree, and, like, I've got it right in the office. And, like, I, I bit into it full, wholeheartedly. And um, it was unfortunate, but what happened leads up into the topic of the show because after that transition away from Rex Ryan, it led us into Sean McDermott, who has obviously given us a lot of success. So, I'm happy for the transition, but uh, Rex Ryan, I definitely hook, line, and sinker. He told us to get ready, and I was ready. Yeah, he <laughs> told us, he said, ready. get ready. And <laughs> he I was said, get ready. I, I was said, like, you know yeah, what? Rick, yes, I'm like, coach, damn, I'm and matter of fact, and I'm going to tell, tell you how bad it was for me. At the time, and I don't know, and I'm sure everybody remembers this now because we're going through like another inflation period, and we're going through times where gas prices are up. Mm-hmm. At the time, we were going through another period where gas was like through the roof, and I had mm-hmm. my Hummer. Like, oh, so. Wow. I have my Hummer. Yeah, every week. So oh. five, that's 500 miles going 500 back. So I'm okay. like, yep. I'm really like just not even. Yep. And I did that. I for mean, Rex. I feel you. I feel you, man. You did it for Rex. I mean, now I'll be honest as well as you know, since since 09, you know, as the season progresses, I mean, that's a that's 1300 miles round trip. So if the season's getting late and we're mathematically eliminated, then I'll, I'll put them on stuff of that type of thing as the season got late because I'm not driving up all the way in the cold to go watch them. You know what I mean? Like I've already, the Bills already have my money. So, yeah. I mean, there's no point. Yeah. That I had nothing to prove basically. So, but yeah, I've had them since 09. Only time I've missed them for the, uh, for the years of the birth of my sons in 11, 13, and 2019. That's it. I've been rolling. Well, that's dope. i tell you what, now yeah, I'm at the rolling. point where I'm never going to go back to a cold game. I can tell you that for damn sure. <laughs> Like y'all got me in September, maybe October. Like it's it's pushing it. I heard that it, when I first when I first heard you, I heard about that. But you, so you did not go to perfection in the park. You were, no, you were still at home. <laughs> no, I was in Phoenix enjoying. It, it was it had it was like sixty five degrees that game. And matter of fact, last week I had uh, Gab Gowdy on. She came mm-hmm. to the game and she was actually hanging out with Kristen and and the um, the babes and all these other. It was like six degrees before the wind chill factor. Yeah, it was what? cold. What? No, <laughs> it was man. cold. And when was I was cold. watching the game, when I rewatched the game over yesterday, like you could see, there's some stuff that's like, okay, HD TV, this is dope, 4K. Yo, you should not see their breath that fresh. <laughs> like you could see, it was like, no, nah, man, it's over. And everybody just yelling the scrim. But that's one of the things I love about Bill's Mafia, though, is like, you know, you got people like me who who are like, yo, ain't, ain't gonna happen in the cold. But then you have thousands upon thousands of people who will go out there and tailgate for hours mm-hmm. beforehand and like mm-hmm. really enjoy themselves and have a great time. And, and, you know, so I support it. I'm happy we got the stadium. That's not what we yep. got you on. Let's, we had, a, we almost had a perfect, perfect segue. Segway. And then we started talking about, <laughs> about the code. So, so let's do this. Let's, let's get into why I got you on the show. When, let's when you it. and I connected or reconnected, I should say, because we actually have some history going back to the church back all the way back in like mm-hmm. 98, mm-hmm. 97. So, but mm-hmm. fast forward up to now and, and we kind of reconnected and we talked about some things and you were highly, highly, um, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna let you Critical. tell it. You had some, you had some, some strong emotions after the, the loss against the Kansas city chiefs. How about you just tell Cause I don't even want to, I don't want to misrepresent you. 
Yeah, and I, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do that because it. I felt this way about McDermott even before 13 seconds. So the best way I could describe it for all your audience and the people that are going to get a chance, if you get a chance to listen to Nickel City Crew, you'll hear it on my podcast as well. Every single time I would call WGR to talk, and then anytime they were talking about McDermott, I would say the exact same thing, King. I would say Sean McDermott is more lively. He has more emotion than Dick Duran. And he is less circus-like and he is, has less bravado than Rex Ryan. They are all, Spence, they are all the same coach to their core. Now, what I mean by that is run. Stop the run. Man. Ben, but don't break. Now, we heard that a lot with Jerome. Remember, Ben, but don't break. Listen, listen. Mm-hmm. No mistakes on offense. Mm-hmm. Let's not, let's, let's limit turnovers. Mm-hmm. All the all the type of coach jargon that I hear, McDermott subscribes to. So I know that you're itching just like you were itching that day. When yeah. you, you know what I mean? And, and I thought our friendship was going to take a side turn. I was going on vacation. I was texting I like this too. Me. I was like, what you mean? Like, bro, go ahead, finish. Go, <laughs> go ahead. Listen, listen, obviously Sean McDermott is better than Rex Ryan. Obviously he's a better coach than, than Dick Duran. He commands the players respect and they respect him. We have to, we have to give him his, his due. The players do play hard for him. They like him. My thing about Sean McDermott that bothers me is in tough late game situations or sometimes end of half or will include fourth down situations. I feel like he is trying to coach the game, not to lose it as opposed to going and grabbing the game. And that bothers me as a fan, because again, we just talked, we just talked about it. You, you drove up from Indianapolis, a thousand miles round trip. I drive up from Charlotte, 1300 miles round trip. This means something to all of us as Bill's mafia. And because of that, um, I think that he's a little bit too conservative and it bothers me in those key situations. And that had nothing that that's 13 seconds aside. I don't even, I really don't even know how much we have to talk about 13 seconds because it gets my blood boiling so much, but that aside 13 seconds aside, I always felt that about Sean McDermott. He is conservative at his core. See, and you I'm, blast me. <laughs> I'm going to be nicer because we live, you know, I ain't gonna, I'm a, but, but so I, I would have agreed with you if you would have said this to me after his first three seasons as a head coach, I honestly okay. would have agreed with you, but I, but then um, Josh Allen, once he, you know, so not this past season, but the season prior, mm-hmm. we AFC came out and we just looked different. Like mm-hmm. Josh was putting up MVP numbers. Um, the game that did it for me uh, was the Rams game in Buffalo mm-hmm. where Josh kind of, yeah. And so it's like, I agree with you. Even still in that game, we didn't put him away because we had him, we had him early. They came back mm-hmm. on us and then Josh, but the reason why I'm saying it changed for me is because it did get to the point where coach was like, no, nah, we're going to go put up points on these boys. We about to step on these boys next. And we was just putting points up week after week after week on teams. And we wasn't, and it wasn't like, okay, let's put points up. And was it McDermott or was it? It was McDermott. Okay. You okay. got to give. Okay. So okay. what okay. we can't do though, like in the grand okay. scheme of things, we can't give the offensive coordinator credit and not the and then blame coach. and then blame and then blame it on the coach. You know, so it's because because to me, like the coaching staff. So as much as I love Brian Dayball and I hope he does well in in New Jersey, and as much as I love um, Frazier and all those other guys, mm-hmm. it at the end of the day it falls on Sean McDermott. If we take an L, it don't go on Brian Dayball's uh, coaching record. Like his coaching mm-hmm. record starts now. Uh, mm-hmm. Leslie Frazier has it from when he was in Minnesota and Minnesota. everything. 
so right now it falls on Sean. So for me, whether it was Dayball saying, hey, have faith in me, let's do this, or whether it was Sean saying, Josh is our dude now, let's do this. Either way, we we exploded. And it we carried did. into this last season as well. Now, we had a couple that I hated, and I'll give that to you. The, mm-hmm. the, the game against the Jaguars, oh, like, mm-hmm. like, man, when mm-hmm. I tell you, like, it, 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 I loathe at the yep. thought of that game because mm-hmm. there's no way in the world um, your defense, again, are, from what some fans tell me is overinflated numbers, you don't hold a team to nine points. Not in the NFL. In the NFL. And then you have a quarterback like Josh Allen with a receiver like Stephon Diggs, and what you don't have that. Score six points. There's no way. Six points. So I'm wishing. (laughs) Yeah. But that, but that's not a consistent effort that we got from Sean McDermott and the team. So that's why when you were saying this to me, I'm like, what? And then we got to the point where we started talking about 13 seconds. Yeah. Give me your Mm. take, because because then we about to get into the meat of this thing. So give me your take on the 13 seconds. Uh, 13 seconds um, still sits with all of us, uh, for sure. It took me one week to actually get out my feelings on my podcast because I was so upset. I didn't want to sound like an angry person, so I had to collect my thoughts. I didn't want to be screaming on the podcast. I just introduced myself to the community, so I didn't want it to sound crazy. 13 seconds to me was a communication breakdown um, at its finest. It does fall on Sean McDermott in the end. Now, I heard from a little birdie through the grapevine and and sources that there was a breakout in the locker room after the game. I don't know what's true, what's not true. What I do know is that Tyler Bass is an NFL kicker, King. There's no way that he did not kick the ball through the back of the end zone without knowing it. He didn't miss hit the ball. So because of that, he was either told or he was not told. Either, Either way. He kicked the ball because he thought he was supposed to kick the ball through the end zone. That's decision one. Mm. On my podcast, I had 13 seconds and three decisions. Um, Second decision and third decision, I just tied in together. I don't know what they were running. I don't know what they were running. I don't know why they were defending the sidelines. I don't understand why they were pretending as if Kansas City didn't have timeouts. None of it made sense. And really, I'll give the floor to you. If I I continue to talk about it anymore, I really will blow up because those, those, those two decisions after they got the ball regardless of the kickoff i think i I looked it up i think it was like 96.7 percent or something like that 96.4 win probability after we kicked it off so the kickoff stinks and it was an opportunity missed to keep homes off the field but we i mean there's no way you lose that game no way you lose that game well so with with that being the conversation so i let you speak for yourself because i didn't want to misrepresent your take and your thought or emotions so I put a poll up, two polls up this morning, and the first of the two was does 13 seconds put Sean McDermott on the hot seat this season? What is I, your take on that? I voted no. You voted no? I voted no. no. Yeah, I voted no. I'm, it, we have to still be sensible. 13 seconds is like a wound, so it's going to take time to heal. So you put the nearest horn on it, you put your Band-Aid on it, and eventually you got to just let that thing air out and scab up. It's going to take some time because it was a big wound, but it will heal. It'll take time. Now, a Super Bowl will make that all go away, but it's going to take time. But, but he's not on minute. the hot seat. But he's wait a minute, man, because I'm um, – so so let me scroll back through our text messages. Because <laughs> oh, I feel what you're saying now. Like, what you're saying now sounds real sensible. <laughs> sounds real sensible. I, didn't, I never once said to fire Sean McDermott. I've never called for his head. You didn't, I, no, I, you I, didn't say fire him. 
You didn't say mm-hmm. fire him, but mm-hmm. you you had you had a very very strong emotion about it, and. I'm upset. I, I think Bill Smith should be upset. I think that they should be upset by the press conference. I'm not trying to cut you off, King. No, no. I think that they should be upset about the press conference, to be honest. Uh, now, they don't owe us anything as, as coaches, as an organization. They don't owe the, the patrons anything. I think that he could have done a little bit more through the, about the press conference. Now, regardless, I heard that there was controversy. Obviously, Tyler Dunn, we argued about that article. I don't know the truth. I don't know what happened in the locker room. I'm not in the locker room. Um, I don't have sources inside the locker room. So because of that, I hope that he addressed it with the team. When it comes out that he didn't address it with the team properly, that makes my ear stand up. Now, maybe he did. I heard through the grapevine again, through sources that he did handle it in the locker room. So it it doesn't matter. The point is that they play for this man. They play for him hard. And I want him to grow the same way that he, he expects his players to grow. He asked for accountability. He asked for growth mindset. All these different slogans that we talk about that sound cool. I remember that Doug Marone used to put up, don't confuse effort with results. And and look how his tender, you know what I mean? Like, so you can put up a slogan on, on the field house. You can do anything you want to do. You yeah. can change culture, um, all that type of stuff. It's about winning. This is professional sports. And um, I think he let us down. I okay. think he let us down. Well, I'm not I'm not going to spend too much time like staring over here to try to find it. We're going we're going we're going to run this back one day and I'm going to get you back on where I'm going to have I'm going to be ready because I actually anticipated you like doubling down on the conversation that we 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 previously had. It's okay. Maybe maybe I talk some sense into you. Cuz you was talking tough. You was just like, "No, nah, man, like that's crazy. He got to get You didn't you didn't say straight up he got to be fired. I didn't fired. say fire, no, man. Right, I right, said right. but I, but I want accountability. You I want accountability. Very, very, and, and I can agree with that. I can understand like wanting, okay, look, you want accountability out of your players. You got to be accountable as well. And he hasn't, he's, he's kind of danced around the question when, when uh, the question was asked in any, in any form, like at the Super Bowl when they asked about it at the, uh, the league meetings, they asked about it and he kind of just danced around it. And not necessarily to us King, but like to, to the team, like that Tyler Dunn report. I don't know. Like, what did you think about it when you read it? When you, when I read it, I was, I was surprised. So either it's full of lot. Like, I don't know how the laws work. Can this guy quote people and, and it's all fake. Like, I don't know how that all works. Like I'm, I'm new to this. What I will say is that, um, Ty Dunn is, is a very, he's a very good journalist. And what I will say is I don't have a reason to, to think that he's a liar or that, um, he would put something out falsely. What I can also say is that, he knows people on the team just like I know people on the team. Right. Whoever he spoke to was somebody different than I spoke to. Right. So I can't it, say what was true and what wasn't true or what his sources said were, you know, what I'm saying is I, and I actually spoke out in support of Ty because he was getting it pretty heavy uh, when I he heard. dropped that story. So I kind of came out in support of him. But like I said, the people that I've spoken to from inside the building, players and not just players, but um, like I, I kind of, have somebody in there that's not part of the coaching staff, but kind of part of like staff. I didn't hear that that happened. So I'm not right. comfortable to, to report that. But at the end of the day, the, the point is like the question about McDermott, I agree that there has to be some form of accountability. He has to be able to stand up and say, you know what? Accountability, I met, execution I and execute. Cause mm-hmm. he, he throws that execution word out. It can't be execution on, oh, well, the special teams coach didn't tell the kicker to, no, I'm the head no. coach. This is what happened or this is what didn't happen. And and I know you said not to us, but I do think the fans deserve um, some form of explanation or accountability. You have, and, and I can tell you this firsthand, not me personally going, but I know 
there are people in this chat that went to mm-hmm. every single game this season. This mm-hmm. season was a season of hope for a lot of Bills fans. And a lot of fans went to every single game. And if they didn't go to every single one, they went to most of them. So when yeah, you're talking about making a, a season investment of multiple thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. you can't just be like, I'm not going to talk about it. You can't right. because it's not just about, you know, the entertainment value that you're putting on TV. It's also people who come and support you week after week after week. And they're the reason why when you're in New Orleans for Thanksgiving, it sounds like a home game for Buffalo. Home game. Mm-hmm. They're the reason why mm-hmm. when you go to Miami, it's a home game. Mm-hmm. Or when you go to Tennessee, it's a home game. That's right. You have to be accountable to those. Fans. So I'm with you there. I'm with you. So but we're agreeing on the fact that he shouldn't be fired. But I think the area that we're going to disagree on is kind of where we hold him. So mm-hmm. the second poll that I put up was, is Sean McDermott a top five coach in today's NFL? I'm not saying all time. We know he's not an all time top five. But in today's NFL, is Sean McDermott a top five? Holler at me in the comments. Let me know where where would you place him? Don't just say, yes, he's top five or no, he's not. Tell me about where you would place him. I'm going to we're going to throw up our list. So Rob and I both have a list. <laughs> You want me to go with yours first or you want me to do mine first? <laughs> no, no. Go with me first so that way they can rip me and then they can <laughs> love on you. <laughs> All right. So Rob's list. Active top five coaches. No order. Well, no, we actually did order it. We ended up mm-hmm. ordering it at the end. So he's going Andy Reid first. Sean McVay. Kyle Shanahan. John Harbaugh. And then Frank Wright as his top five coaches currently in the NFL. Do you want to... Do you, you I'll throw it back up? I'll throw <laughs> it back up. <laughs> Do you no, no not even a mimic, but but why um first let me ask you this. No Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick, I feel like the game has passed him, to be honest. Uh okay. if you take Tom Brady away, I mean Cleveland plus these years without without Brady in New England, it hasn't been that great. You look it up, the proof's in the pudding. I think Tom Brady was way more um integral to that team's success than than they give them credit for to be honest with you the Patriots ran with Tom Brady um he had subpar receivers many of those Super Bowl runs the defense was great I mean you can't take away Bill Belichick's defensive acumen he is one of the greatest defensive coaches of all time we know that firsthand as Bill's fans from Super Bowl 25 so um I give him his respect but he's just like Pete Carroll to me the game is it's hard it's time from the exit stage left Okay, they, they I, mean, both, I, it's, it's over I agree with you about Pete Carroll too I think yeah um, it's over for them both to me yeah like it's, it's time like it, it's, it's time, time. Yeah, it's time. Oh, and okay. you saw how Rusty was dying to get out of there. Yo, and, he, and now he and Denver happy. <laughs> Throwing boy. out first pitches at the Rockies. Yo, I mean, he had the, he had the yeah, Nuggets game yeah, yeah. All, over, all over Denver. I mean, he out there chilling. He's loving it. <laughs> so, you know, so and, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Russ does out there. I think I think um, oh, yeah. it's a good fit. I think it's a good roster. Mm-hmm. But so let's get let's get to your list. Andy mm-hmm. Reid at number one to you. You why? Why do you have him at number one on your list? Play calling plus. I mean, his team's success, he's a great offensive mind. This league is ran on offense now, so it's not its not about the way that it was, you know, before. And, and don't forget his his success with the Eagles. I mean, he went to four conference championship games with the Eagles with Donovan McNabb, so let's not uh, forget that as well. Um, you move to him, then you got McVay. Uh, McVay is one of the great offensive minds in the league. I, I hold him and Kyle Shanahan kind of on equal footing together, uh, the two of them. Offensive minds, they know how to scheme it up, both pass passing game and running the ball. Um, I picked Harbaugh because Harbaugh is the model of consistency. If we, if McDermott becomes Harbaugh, 
Uh, that would be a win for the Bills. They go to the playoffs almost every year. They're rarely horrible uh, in Baltimore. They're always good on, on defense um, for the most part. And to round it out with Frank Reich, I wanted Frank Reich when we signed uh, Sean McDermott. And, and that's full disclosure. Like you said, you have receipts. I've got receipts on Frank Reich. I wanted him. I thought he would have been a good fit, not just because he was, was Kelly's backup, but because of the fact that I thought that he was, a, again, another good offensive mind. I think Carson Wentz made him look bad. <laughs> That's why he was, you know, so quick to try to jettison him out of there after the season because they should have made the playoffs with the roster that they had. We saw it. I, I drove up again 650 miles and watched Indianapolis beat our brains in. And then I had to drive back on Monday upset. So I've seen what Frank Wright can do. And I thought that, all, that team could have been dangerous. With all due respect, that game was Jonathan Taylor. I don't even like I, as much as I want to <laughs> give and I love Frank Wright too. I'm with you. I did think he, I thought Frank White was a was a very attractive um he candidate. was smart enough to keep running it. <laughs> but I did. I thought he was I thought he was an attractive candidate. That was all JT. JT yeah, is, is like he's a monster, man. That dude's a he beast. Is. And um, yeah. do, do you watch um, or did you watch the in-season version of um, the hard knocks? I didn't have a chance to. No. Dude, OK, so that week that they played Buffalo, I'm going to just tell you how bad it hurt me, man. Like it 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 got it cut me deep. It cut me deep. So. People who listen to the code of conduct or people who who um, engage with me often on Twitter know there's a couple things that I'm like a stickler for. Right. So one, you're not about to disrespect Tremaine Edmonds on my watch. Right. That's one. <laughs> two, Jordan Poyer for all pro or we effing riot. Right. That's yeah, let's two. Fight. Let's fight. Mm-hmm. Three. I love you, Josh Allen. Right. And and so th- like that's off the top. You, you know that three right. about me. four special teams matter. So mm-hmm. for me, special teams matter. Like. Mm-hmm. punt return kick return punter mm-hmm. kicker all that stuff like i hold it in high regard um, um i love the the taiwan jones signing i love that we were able to bring mm-hmm. him back saran neal i love that we were able to bring him back and make him mm-hmm. our ace love it right that episode they talked about isaiah mckenzie and the coach was like he was like yeah this guy's gonna put it on the ground he's gonna give it to us this week he's gonna give it to us yeah he is and I was like, man, don't talk about my man Isaiah like that, man. And I've been critical about Isaiah over last season about, you know, so I have been critical. This dude fumbles the ball before he even got hit. Like he slipped, fell down. He slipped. It was raining. It dude, was wet. On the sideline, they, the dude was like, I forget which player it was, but one of the players was like, coach said he was going to give it to us. I didn't think it was going to be like that. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> it was horrible. I watched that play. And that's that's tunnel side. So I'm in the scoreboard end zone and I watched that play happen all the way directly across the field. And um, I mean, he slipped and it was, it was crazy. Nothing, nobody touched him, nothing. It was like the, the turf monster, but it was wet out there that day. I mean, what, yeah. what do you want? I mean, then he got benched after that. He did. I mean, that, that speaks to Sean McDermott. I mean, if we want to keep it on point, keep the main thing, the main thing, Sean yeah. McDermott punishes him for slipping on a wet surface on turf, not on grass. And then we needed him against the Patriots. We, we needed him that performance. We needed him that game. Uh, to blow up and have a career day. So I don't know. I mean, I, I need him to be no, used in the no, offense. Man. I don't, I don't want yeah. him. Um, and I've now he doesn't need like to be featured. Record. Yeah. He don't need, well, I, I think he does not, not necessarily featured to the point of like a Stefan Diggs, but mm-hmm. he's definitely that gadget player that he does some things that, that makes defenses scared. I, I, right. I, I'll say that. So, but back to your list. Okay. So Andy Reid, <laughs> Sean McVay, Cal Shanahan, John Harbaugh, Frank Wright, the, the only one, Really, the two that I'm going to debate you on about this list, because I think Frank Frank Wright could could kind of sneak in there just based on his his offensive genius. Um, 
But then if I say that, then that is going to be a counterproductive point with what I'm bringing up about Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, mm -hmm. to me, is one of the greatest offensive mind in NFL history. But I think him being a great offensive coordinator does not make him a great coach. Okay. So I don't I don't think his and and I, I actually had it pulled up here, but I, I must have lost it. His um his coaching career. He's he's thirty nine mm -hmm. and forty two. Okay. He's not even five hundred for his career. So to me that that I, I can't I can't put him in the top. Five. I know he's a a brilliant offensive mind. Who have his quarterbacks been? To me that don't matter. If you're that good and your offense is that deep, no, for real. Look at look at look at <laughs> now. You, we talking about we Sean give, McDermott. I mean, we give Sean McDermott credit. Yeah, I mean, Wait, look at this. We giving Sean McDermott credit. Look at the first two years, first three years, when we had mm -hmm. Tyrod that first year. Tyrod wasn't um, he wasn't a mover and shaker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he wasn't making right. us. Guess what? We made the playoffs nine and seven for Sean yeah, McDermott's negative, career. Negative point differential that year. He's, he's forty nine and thirty two. With Josh mm -hmm. Allen's rookie year, when he was the like at, at one point in Josh's rookie year, we were trending to be the worst offense in NFL history. And Sean McDermott right. is 49 and 32. So I, I can't put Kyle Shanahan as, as brilliant offensively as I think he is. And I can't put Frank Reich there. John Harbaugh is real rough. That's right. <laughs> you told me that they, yeah. they don't get over you about John Harbaugh. A couple people did in the comments, but I left them. I didn't even bring them up. John John Harbaugh. So I like him, and and I I, I like the, the Ravens. It, it, it bothers me when like Ravens fans and Bills fans be beefing, because I kind of low key feel like a like a Ravens We're fan similar. on the low, not for real, but on the We're low. Kind of similar. We're kind of similar though, a little bit, a little in certain ways. I think so. So I, I think I, that I think Harbaugh has just been so consistent. Like his teams are never bad. It's almost like Mike Tomlin. Like I know you, I know we're going to get to your list, but like Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh, when I think of those two coaches, I think of consistency. I think of teams that are never out of it. You know what I mean? It might be all the way to week 16 or 17, whatever the case may be, but those teams are never really out of it. They're always in it to the end of the year. I, I think that that, that speaks a lot to coaching. Harbaugh has been at it a long time. And that's I fair. Mean, that's a hundred percent. That's absolutely fair. I, that, because that's the argument that I made, and I throw my list up. Um, that's the argument that I made. <laughs> yeah, let's for get on your list, man. <laughs> so, so for me, um, we have a couple people that overlap, you know. Um, but but I'm going Bill Belichick first. I I, I do think that the game is kind of, um, it, it's it's speeding up on him. I won't mm -hmm. say that it's behind him. I I just think that you know when you lose the best quarterback of all time you got to reset and that takes time to find guys so i think um he built a phenomenal defense again um mm -hmm. they were ranked second in the league so he did a good job there offensively you know mac was a rookie and he had a very good year as a rookie quarterback when it was baker he had a better year than what baker had and baker's rookie year everybody was talking about how baker's gonna be great now this is not a let's praise mac jones show because you know, forget the Patriots. Okay. Please. I can't say, I can't say the emotion that I yeah, want to stay please. with because we on air, but forget yeah, the Patriots. Right. <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying Bill Belichick, I, I, I got to give him that credit. He's that dude. He made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback with no real receivers. He signed two tight ends to Buku money and only one of them showed up barely, you know? Right. So, so I got to I got to he, he did it. He did. He did pretty good. Andy Reid, I can't deny it. You know, like I know that um, a lot of the criticism early on is the same criticism that we're giving Sean McDermott right now. Just think mm -hmm. about that. Uh, but he's the man. He got the Super Bowl. He's always got one of the most talented rosters top to bottom. This year, I don't know what his defense is going to look like, but we'll see. Mike Tomlin, mm -hmm. the same argument that you gave about um, 
Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Because I think that I think that Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, he has never had a losing season. Mm-hmm. He's done things. The, the fact that he was able to coach Antonio Brown makes him, to me, he should be the number one coach <laughs> of all time. <laughs> of all time. Yeah, like, he's amazing. Like, yeah. Like just period. That's circus act. Mm-hmm. Him and Phil Jackson, all those personalities. <laughs> So four, I'm going to go Sean McVay. Now, Sean McVay, A, yes, he just won a Super Bowl. He just won a Super Bowl. But it's not just because he won a Super Bowl. He took a quarterback that is, like, worse than most to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. before and lost it. He's always been brilliant. He just needed a little bit of upgrade on that. Um, I see a man in the comments say, no, variable. No, I don't <laughs> like Vrabel. <laughs> and I don't like Tennessee. I don't like that nothing about Vrabel. Yeah, Y'all lucky. Hopefully that's sarcasm, I think. Hopefully. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he's 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 solid. His team's he's solid. won. Um, I think yeah. I think I got his record put up here. Um, they flame out, though, in, in, in pretty glorious fashion when the lights get bright. Playoffs, he, he disappears. They're on um, yeah, 41. That matters. And, he's, he's 41 and 24 for his career. You can definitely make an argument. But um, like I said, to me, Sean McVay is there. And then Matt, Matt LaFleur. Look, I know he has Aaron Rodgers, right? But you man, can't. That's you, where I got my beef with your list, man. Goodness gracious. But check this. Aaron Rodgers really only threw it to one player. He threw it to Devontae Adams. The defense improved. He, he made Aaron Rodgers a little bit more comfortable. It wasn't just, it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers' show. That defense absolutely played a part in getting the, those wins. And Matt LaFleur, look, regardless if you got Aaron Rodgers or not, he's 39 and 10 for his career. Like, I understand. They, they're, getting, they're getting the W's for sure. What did they, I mean, they also flaming on the playoffs, glorious fashion, home field advantage. None of that matters. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he's won a lot of games. You're right. He so, has. He's won a lot. But now this is where it comes down to then, um, because neither of us have Coach McDermott in our top 10. Some people on the outside looking in will look at that as like a shot. Like, this is a bill show and you ain't got to do. Now, realistically, I have Sean McDermott. I have him six on my list. I don't have him any lower than six. The reason why, and I'll I'll be very, very honest and transparent about this. Prior to the game against the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. he probably was four for me. Okay. Sean McVay inched up with the Super Bowl win and Sean Mm -hmm. McDermott inched down with, to me, seconds. the mental, you know, not even just the 13, 13 seconds, but not just even mm-hmm. the 13 seconds. Um, so 13 seconds, the, the issue with the 13 seconds that I had is the decision to play the type of coverage that we did. If we kicked it out the end zone, whatever, right? Like, okay, it's 13 seconds. You got to stop somebody going 50 yards in 13 seconds. That's right. So, so to me, it's not about, yeah, kick it, you make them bounce it, get another two, three seconds off the clock. Okay, I get the logic, right? But this is an NFL football franchise with the number one ranked defense in the regular season. And you mean to tell me we can't stop a team from going 50 yards to kick a field goal? And I don't care, I don't care how many timeouts they had. I don't, I don't care how many timeouts they had. The defense, the defense helped them get down the field. The defense helped them get the yardage that they needed. They compl- they played it completely wrong. So I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I can't talk about 13 seconds, man. I agree. No, I got you. I mean, I got the, you. The, defense, the defense literally contributed to helping them because they were playing the sidelines. And then I, I remember Levi getting, and I hope best of luck to him at Pittsburgh. Levi is a technician. I remember talking to you about this. He is not going to go off script. He's right. not going to do something and go rogue and just kind of just play whatever defense and opposite of what Leslie Frazier and McDermott say. So um, I felt that that was an ignorant uh, argument against him. I thought that it was not logical. They did 
exactly what they were told to do, whether it was by McDermott or whether it was by Frazier or a combination of the two. And um, I don't know. It's a, it's a letdown. That one, it's a wound. The wound's open for sure. And it still you. hasn't scabbed up. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It, I will say for me, it, I was actually shocked that I was able to watch the game all the way through. Um, I, can't, I don't know how you did it. There was a moment at the that. end and I tweeted, I'm like pain, just like Josh did. Cause it was like the, the moment when, when it happened, it was just like, you know, like, man, you know, we, we, we had it. And I feel like this team that we just, that, that we ended the season with, it was the best version of the Buffalo bills, even though the record wasn't as good as the season prior. I feel like this team was the best team that we've had in, in a long, long time. So I got a, um, I don't know. I totally it, agree. It hurt. I totally hurt. agree. I totally agree. I think that was the best team since the '90s Bills for sure. Maybe that first, uh, the first team that that lost to the Giants, or that first team that that unfortunately got beat up by the Cowboys uh, in '27. Like this team last year was actually better than '20. Uh, mm-hmm. The '21 '21 team was better than '20, regardless of the stats. I know we didn't score as many points like you just said. They were better. They were prime. Yeah. I was running outside. As Tyler Bass was kicking off, playing the shout song down here in Charlotte, going crazy on the speakers. Um, and I, I didn't even think about the kickoff because I thought we were getting ready to go to Cincinnati. I was planning my, my tickets, getting ready yeah. to go home and then figure out what we were doing next week, what we were cooking. Dude, it, was, <laughs> it was brutal, man. It was brutal. And I, I remember watching and I'm like, oh, this really is the year. You know, like when Josh threw oh, yeah, that touchdown, I'm like, yo, this is really the year. Okay. Then he won the game twice, King. He did. <laughs> twice. He won it twice. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> so, but okay, just a recap. So my top five, um, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur. Um, it's not a it's not a diss or it's not an indictment against Sean McDermott. I think six, just outside of the top five, I think that's a good spot. Um, where, where would you put them? Uh, uh, I mean, six or seven. Six or seven. So around the same area. Yeah, so, six or seven. So now let me ask you this. As we get ready to kind of wind this down, where do you – what do you need to see from him this season? Because, um, th- and there was a comment in here. I got to find it really quickly. There was a comment in here um, that that talked about how, you know, he, there could be an argument made for him to be five. It, my man, RJ, shout out to RJ. Um, he said, I like Spence's list more. Thank you kindly. I still think <laughs> Sean McDermott should be five. 2017, he should have won coach of the year. Best coaching season I have seen with such poor talent. And that's absolutely a fair take. Um, you know, so I, I get he has certain accomplishments that other coaches can't quite say. Like Andy Reid hasn't had a team like that 2017 Buffalo Bills roster and still True. made the playoffs. So, no, this is absolutely an argument that could be made. I just feel like the way the season ended, it kind of inched him down just a little bit. From, not too much. He didn't fall to 16, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, he was four for me prior to that. He felt if he would have won the Super Bowl, I would have been on here talking reckless. Sean McDermott sure. is the best sure. damn coach. This yeah, like I would have been spazzed. Yeah, get his statue measurements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But, and but I understand that. Yeah. And I know I know Bill's fans are sensitive about him. And I understand. Listen, one of the things that I thought about, I know we got to wrap up. One of the things I've always compared it to is the quarterback. When we were searching for Josh Allen in the past, we would always be comparing the Bill's quarterbacks to the other Bills previous quarterbacks that were garbage. Listen, you've got to compare those guys against their peers. Where do you stand and stack up against your peers when you're playing or in this case, when you're coaching? So for me, you know, Sean McDermott still has some work to do. What do I want to see from him next year? I want to see just a more aggressive nature um, all around. I'm not saying that he's conservative all of the time. I know he goes for it sometimes. Um, the divisional round, there was a punt, third quarter. game. I mean, I think it was third or fourth quarter. I mean, it, it was on our own 30, something like, I mean, I just... I'm watching him. I'm always watching him real closely because I'm always thinking, and it's just always in the back of my head, Dick Teron, Rex Ryan, 
he doesn't want to lose it. And I, and I just I just can't get that out of my head. That that's, that's tough, that goes man. back way before thirteen <laughs> seconds. Man. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Those you know, those I, they're similar philosophies. They really are. Well, if, I mean, one, in my opinion, obviously. I'm with you on like a lot of what you said, but I just like I can't compare them to Dick <laughs> Ryan and Rex Ryan. Like that's just. To me, that's I said more like more life than Dick, and then you know more like than Duran, and then less. You know, he's not chewing dog biscuits like Rex Ryan. He's professional. The Pagulas can trot him out there. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Man, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I well, and I have a love. I have a real strong love for for Sean McDermott. So I, I, I'll admit that my fandom a lot of times, like I give him anybody I give a nickname to, I love like deeply. I be calling okay. this dude McDiddy. You know what I mean? Like that's my dude <laughs> McDiddy. What up, McDiddy? Okay, like that's how I be talking. Like we know each other. Like like what up, McDiddy? No you know, but so. You know, when I love you, I, I just sometimes I see it differently. And um, I, I it, it hurt me because because there was a point I actually um, did a show and I was going to download the clip and play it at the beginning of this. Um, but I did a show a couple of years back when I was part of Buffalo Fanatics and I, and I actually did play Sean McDermott in the top five at that time. But this is going back two seasons ago, not like the beginning of mm-hmm. the first year that Josh was Josh. Um, mm-hmm. I had that take. So. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think um, for me, what I need to see from Sean this year is just a little bit. I need to see a little bit more trust in Josh. I think I think good coaches and good leaders know how to delegate properly. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, and and now I'm using my management from outside of sports and all this to kind of talk into this. I think I think a good coach can say, okay, yeah, this is my style. This is what I'm known for. This is what I do. But I got Josh Allen, Josh. I'm going to give you a little bit more freedom on the offense when it comes to this. I need that trust. But I also need, like we talked about earlier, a little bit of accountability where uh, when when game time decisions are made, I understand that you trust. Um, and and I, you want them to trust Leslie Frazier. And you want them to trust your offensive coordinator. Uh, now, now we have Ken Dorsey. So you want that trust. But at the same time, I also want to see Sean McDermott step up. And if he is say, making the call, I need him to also say I made the call. Or if he right. didn't make the call, say I didn't make the call. This was this one was on because I remember a couple right. of years ago, um, it was rumored that Leslie Frazier was kind of not doing well. Sean McDermott took over the call, took over the, the responsibility. I need to see that. I need to see mm-hmm. Sean McDermott saying, "Nah, this ain't going okay. down because I'm trying to win this thing." That's what I need to see. That's what I need. To see. I I understand. And I agree, I agree with you. I, I don't know if he's got that type of mentality all of the time. I think that he does. I think that he entrusts his people like you just kind of spoke to. I think he entrusts his coordinators to kind of do their thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that could have been part of the reason why we kind of got snake bit. And I don't, and I'm not saying that that was on Leslie. I'm saying that 13 seconds could have been a situation where he was quiet and mum on, on Tyler Bass, or it didn't get properly communicated because he was, he was entrusting Heath Farwell to get the instructions to, or whatever the case may be as, as instead of being a dog and going, grabbing that thing and going and grabbing Tyler's face mask or shoulder pads and saying, Hey, do this and then for you know first down second yeah. down hey play this you know what i mean soft shell you like come you know what i mean yeah yeah so that type of thing so i, I think we're gonna i think we're gonna see it man um and I, so what i want to do is too and I, i'll kind of make this commitment on air i want to get you back on the show a little bit later in the off season i want to kind of do like a go through the schedule and get your win loss prediction um absolutely so but before we do that like now before we get out of here and our way 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 too early predictions before the draft and all that stuff looking at the rosters now and looking at how things have shaken up in the afc um where do you see the how do you see the bills come like finishing up in the afc this year we should be the representative in the super bowl period um this is not bravado it's not um just because of on miller it's a combination of brandon bean um and and the roster that he has built. I loved 
you're open because it is so true. Give this man his flowers while he's here. Let him know that he's appreciated right now. He's the best GM in the league. Like I, I couldn't stop shaking my head. Um, the way he has just mastered the roster, the way he has brought on addition Saffold and then, and then settles and the other defense, he, he rotated our entire defensive line just like that at a snap of a hat. So I'm really excited about the team. I think that we should be the representative to go to the Super Bowl. period. I'm looking at 13 and four, 14 and three, yeah. number one seed, uh, home field advantage, all, all the things that we talked about last year that slipped through our fingers. It's, it's crazy that the thing that stings, I think, the most about 13 seconds in last year is that we were 13 seconds away from hosting Cincinnati. And I, obviously, I said it in my podcast, I don't know if it would have been Cincinnati or not, but I, I've got enough bravado. I've got enough. Um, you don't know? Bro, I feel like I we would have smacked this in there. I mean, I'm we trying to be nice. We, man, way. Nah, man, no. Because this is my – and I'm sorry to cut you off there, but no, because people be hyping these boys up because they – and they, they made the Super Bowl, we lost. So I can't I can't sit here and act like – I feel the same way, man. But I'm going to just tell you. I'm going to just tell you. I don't know what happened to Kansas City that day that they didn't show up and they – I don't, I don't know why Sugar High Patrick happened and he threw an interception right. and all that. I'm going to just tell you, we would have beat the brakes off of Cincinnati. We would have beat Cincinnati. <laughs> He's so bad, bro. Like I'm telling you, we man, we would have been, be in, a, that we been, been in the Super Bowl more than there's ends in the name of Cincinnati. That's how bad we would have beat them boys. We would have yeah. just Yeah, I know. I know. Oh. I would have been out there. I was joking. I would have been out there early. It was it was minus five for kickoff for perfection of the park. It was gonna be much warmer that weekend. I would have been out there early, ready to go. I had the menu ready to go. We were we were getting ready, we were making plans. So because of that, I think it stings a little bit more because one of the things that I said on one of my podcasts was just that we just don't know about the opportunities. You really don't. I mean, we can have a vibrato about the bills. We can be confident about the team, even about Brandon Bean, how he's assembled it. You just don't know. Sometimes those opportunities come and they don't come back. Um, I don't I don't think that that's going to be the case for this team coming up in 2022. But that was like a 2021 is going to stick out for a long Dude. time because that was that was golden. Was you, you host it. You host it. You smack them. And then. We go to L.A., it's perfect conditions, a beautiful palace to go play that game, perfect, pristine conditions. I think we would have lit up. I think we would have lit up the Rams, too. I really do. I think we, well, it might have been a sh- more of a shootout, but Aaron Donald would have been the only thing that could have stopped us from, from winning the Super Bowl. The period. Rams, I would. I have more respect for. So I'll be honest. I like do. The Rams, I would have been like, okay, that's a game. Right. right. Cincinnati, we would have beat the brakes off of Cincinnati. <laughs> and I love Joe Burrow. To, like Joe Burrow is probably, outside of Odell Beckham Jr., I think outside of a Buffalo player, Mm-hmm. He's probably my favorite player in the NFL. I love everything about him. I love his attitude. Like his swag. I like his swag. I like his leadership. Yeah. The way he talked to people. Like he just got mm-hmm. he just got that thing about him. He be a, and then I like he he got to switch up too. Like he could switch it up real quick. Like mm-hmm. he could be talking to somebody and he got a certain type of energy. And then the next mm-hmm. question comes from a different type of reporter. He's like, real quick, yep. just, he can, like he, he just get, get it together. Quick. Mm-hmm. So I, I yep. love everything about Joe Burrow, man. Like he's that dude. He's that dude. So when I say this, is no disrespect to him as a quarterback it's no disrespect i don't think they're gonna make the playoffs this year that's a, that wow. we'll say that for next next week so wow. we got my man rob crippen in the building he is the host of the nickel city crew podcast why don't you let everybody know when your show drops how often it drops where they can find it where they can find you on socials and then we'll get on up out of here man yeah i appreciate it king uh i'm on all social media platforms facebook twitter at nickel city crew um, you can check me out on Twitter as well, uh, Instagram. Um, we also could check me out, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcast, you can check me out. Uh, again, I started out a week before the wildcard round. I called it Perfection in the Park. I do a, a nice little five-minute intro uh, to get you and welcome me into the crew. And then we just went off and rolling. I, I drop episode pretty much every week. 
I try to be consistent. You know, I've been going through some other stuff, so I've, I've been just trying to drop. And tonight was really special, and I, I really do appreciate you having me on. We're going to get you consistent. I'm going to make sure of it. We're going to make sure that thing get going. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, please go find my brother on Twitter, on whatever platform he's on. And I'll also, you have my word. I'm going to start, I'll start sharing your show so that, because I know you're not much for social. So I know you're not on Twitter much yeah. and all that stuff. So I'll make sure I share it to, to the people that I interact with on a daily basis. But man, I can't thank you enough for coming on and being a part of this show. And ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how I do it over here. It's your boy, Jay Spencer King. I represent that vidcast, or no, vodcast is what Joe told me to call it the vodcast network of buffalo rumblings and it is the code of conduct y'all take care of each other y'all love each other and live in peace and as always stay positive test negative go bills you gotta go bills man go bills man it's your show i'm not trying to stay with your toes go bills man Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts.